And welcome back to the Noted Podcast, where we take note of the underrated players and small market teams of the league. <clears throat> and as always, uh, right here with you, Brian Corzo and my two analysts slash Utah Jazz loving, uh, maybe a little less yesterday, but still nonetheless, uh, Carson Hilton and Riker Gordon. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we hit our first milestone uh, on the podcast this last week uh, where we got over uh, 50, uh, 50 streams, or I guess 50 downloads would be the more correct term. Uh, so just want to say thank you for listening in. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can follow us at The Noted Podcast on Twitter. Um, and then I forgot the links to most of the other stuff, but we do have a link tree. The, the Instagram and TikTok are at NBA underscore The Noted Podcast. There we go. So you can also do link tr.ee slash The Noted Podcast, and uh, that should have a link to all of our socials there. Uh, managed by our wonderful team. So, uh, love to check you guys out. Drop us a follow. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube uh, if you feel so inclined to. We'd love to see you there. So, um, so today we're going to start off episode four. Uh, now the league has been out uh, for two weeks now, so it's no longer opening. I think a lot of people are starting to kind of get games under under their chest, under their legs here, and it's uh it's been a really interesting NBA uh, thus far from what I've been able to gather a um, lot of big surprises um, and a lot of uh, frankly things that I would have never expected to happen uh, and I, I kind of just want to start off the show I just want to talk about the Washington Wizards uh, if we can yeah because um, I don't I don't think anybody uh, even the most you know wizard aficionados uh, thought that this was going to happen I mean I guess what are you guys thinking is like the big prime success or why they're over exceeding expectations? I have so I I don't want to take too much because I did hear this like from David Locke and I, I I really believe in what he said. He said Westbrook is like as great as he is. I'll credit where credits due. He he's a generational talent, but he is one of the most inefficient players in the league, and he gets how many offensive possessions, like 25 a night plus. And then you, you take that out of your system and you, that's, that's 25 possessions a night of inefficient, below average efficiency basketball player. And you put three, at least average or above um, offensive basketball players. And that, that alone improves you as a team by an insane amount. Like, I don't want to hit on Westbrook too much, but I, I just think the subtraction of Westbrook plus KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Spencer Dinwiddie, like, I think in any system that would have just been a major positive. I agree. And I I think um, the Wizards honestly weren't a terrible team last year, and they kind of figured more things out as the season went on. And I remember watching some of their games, and it's like when they'd win – obviously Beal was always playing well, but um, Russell Westbrook would have a great night. And when he has a great night, he's hard to stop. A lot of the times if he goes off and des destroys a team, he usually ends up winning. But even when he was off, kind of to Carson's point, 
the bench wasn't losing any momentum for the team. They're kind of keeping them in it. And so you get rid of one player and you add three, right, from from yeah. L.A. that are ready to step in and contribute on a team where they're not, you know, blinded by the stars. And so you have Kuzma, who's already playing much better basketball than he has for the last couple seasons and is actually averaging a double-double right now. And I'm you add Dinwiddie, who, like I say, I think he would be better for the Nets than James Harden is right now. But that's another... That's another discussion for later. And then you add uh, Trez off the freaking bench, and he's averaging a double-double as well. Like, you just have a perfect storm right now, and it's hard to tell if this is sustainable right now as early in the season as we are, but I have no reason to believe that it won't. And also to that point, like, adding those those players did a lot for their bench, and they already have, like, good bench players. Like, Raul Neto is one of the Mm -hmm. most underrated bench players in the league. He just... He plays so hard, and um, like when he was on the Jazz, I loved it because every time he came in, he was like the epitome of he just made the correct basketball play. When he's out there, he does the correct play. He's not flashy. He's not gonna, you know, he's not dunking. He's short, but he he helps your team win. And then also now Davis Bertans is coming off the bench. He's one of mm-hmm. one of the cleanest jumpers in the league, and that just adds scoring with Montrezl Harrell. Obviously, Montrezl Harrell will start when. Beal or Dinwiddie is out, but they're at their best when he comes off the bench with that group. Like that's that's a good bench, Great and they're bench. much deeper than they were last year. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I'd even say, you know, they're like one piece away from really contending. Like, I mean, they're they're really yeah, efficient. That's... They're really mm-hmm. good team, and I mean, yes, Lakers dump, and we always wondered what Kyle Kuzma would be, uh, because there would be there would be signs that he was like amazing. I think he finished like maybe fourth in voting for the rookie of the year um, back like what, five years ago. Yeah. Um, but it kind of seemed like he wasn't allowed to shine because he was playing for the Lakers. Quintavious Caldwell Pope or Pope, <laughs> I think was, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that just like, I think out of all the, out of like the other players on the Lakers, like that was the most notable one that performed consistently super well. Montrez mm-hmm. Harrell, uh, you know, sixth man of the year before Jordan Clarkson, um, 11 Pepper Lou, right? This guy is also incredible. I, I mean, I, I see it. I, I see a real, real potential in the Wizards. And it's almost, it's almost cathartic uh, how literally everybody and their dog last season was telling Bradley Beal to leave the Washington yeah. Wizards. And look what was presented before him. You get rid of Russell Westbrook and you get this. And that's so I, exciting. And I mean, I Rudy Hachimura is still I mean, developing too. Like, yeah. yeah, I was just about to say, I'm I'm really happy for Bradley Beal because he even last year when there was all these rumors that Beal needs to get out of Washington and go to like a contender in the 76ers or the Heat or whatever those trade rumors were, and he just was like, no, I like where I am. I want to stay in Washington. And as like a small market fan, like it's really great to see a player that has been told he needs to leave and he's stuck with it. And now like the dividends are paying off. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll even go to kind of credit his character. Um, And this is something that's like just an observation as far as players go, but there's a lot of teammates that struggle playing with Russell Westbrook and 
I don't think there was a better person to play with him than Bradley Beal. Because when Beal was on and Russell was on, like they no both got theirs. Yeah, they yeah. both got theirs. Like, and it's, I mean, you can kind of see it on the Lakers now. Russell Westbrook has not played very well so far. Uh, and I don't know that if he does, everyone else is getting the same amount of touches and playing as good a basketball if he ended yeah. up doing it. Not to mention very so much my game. turn, your turn thing. Yeah, and yeah. not to mention so, the game that he yeah. lost too. Right. You know, that was the game that he popped off. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Against OKC. And so yeah. you have this type of Beal player, and he's definitely the head of this this uh locker room i think he's been there the longest at this point as well and so if there's anyone to gather the the troops and go out there and have a good attitude about the squad they got it's that it's him and then here you go and you add all these pieces and well the results so far are showing how it's working out yeah yeah it's exciting um and i think it's really refreshing to see that change in the league where it's like super teams that form together aren't the ones that are like blasting everybody out of the water. And I know it's still early, but mm-hmm. I just don't see how this can stay inconsistent when you have this quality of roster. Like I, I don't see it. And of course, like I'm, I'm looking at the schedule that Washington's played so far and undoubtedly like it's not that impressive uh, when you think about it. Uh, they have two wins against Boston, uh, Atlanta, Brooklyn, uh, Toronto, and Indiana. All teams that aren't, I mean, they're either struggling or they weren't really expected to too much. Um, but I'm cur- I'm really curious to see when they start going against some like top tier contenders. Um, yeah, like so. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's not going to be a bit. They uh, later in November uh, they are going to go uh, Memphis and Milwaukee. And then play Orlando and the Pelicans, and then go to Charlotte, uh, and then Miami on a back-to-back. So November still looking not as crazy, but I just I'm really curious to see what the Wizards are going to look like playing against an actual contender uh, for the NBA. Yeah. So, right. um, so that was one thing. Uh, one thing that I also am really surprised to and. I think this is maybe one of those teams like the Wizards where nobody really expected much out of them, but there's two teams that are really uh, sticking out to me right now. And one of those teams is Toronto. Um, oh my gosh. Like, I think everybody and their dog expected Toronto to be like a 0-5 uh, at this <laughs> point. Um, and may, may the gods bless the Toronto Raptors, even without Spicy P. Uh, that they are four and three right now, and they have what I believe to be the rookie of the year uh, in Scotty Barnes, and I, I I'm just really impressed um, that a rookie is leading this team. Um, you got Fred VanVleet, uh, who's an incredible player. You have uh, OG Ananobi, uh, who just a couple years ago was just like struggling in his uh, in his role with the Bulls. Um, to come to Toronto and just really flourish. Um, I think it was uh, really tragic to lose uh, Powell uh, going over to the Portland Trailblazers, um, but they were able to get, uh, I think it was Gary Trent Jr., uh, who's mm-hmm. been uh, an incredible playmaker for them too. And honestly, 
that's a big surprise to me. I don't know if you guys have uh, seen us some other big surprises in the league. I think Toronto is just kind of one of those on my list right now. And one, one of mine is the New York Knicks. I was a big, big, big Knicks doubter after yeah. before this season. Like last season, so much fun. Like our um, Julius Randle, you know, had an All NBA season and led them to the four seed and disappointing playoffs, but it, they were a fun team. And then they they just have have had such a great start. And I was talking with one of my one of my buddies who's also a big NBA fan, and the Knicks are just so much fun. And their fans, I love the way they embrace the team and <laughs> the memes on Twitter that they fans make. Are nuts. <laughs> like it, they're just so much fun. And even though I was a doubter, it's it's really fun to see them play well. Yeah, and I I had the blessing of actually living in New York. Um, and I was able to experience a lot of the Knicks fandom and it was, it's crazy. Like you think they're nuts and then you meet Knicks fans and they are nuts. I mean, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was the, the year they drafted Barrett. Um, I mean, they were like, Oh my God, Barrett is the greatest. We're going to, we're going to get the second seed of these. We're going to, we're so amazing. I'm like Barrett really like, <laughs> okay. But uh, no, it's it's really it's really cool. But that was one of my big surprises too. Uh, so I'm glad you said it because I mm-hmm. they've had some pretty clutch wins, uh, and I think it's two what like two or three overtime wins as well. Yeah, yeah, getting overtime. Clutch. And they they were the first one to beat a good Bulls team. Like that Bulls team's good. And yeah, really even with some even with some Randall missed right free throws in the end there. <laughs> yeah, almost almost <laughs> through the game, but for sure like. Except I, I guess I think that's a little bit more of the Bulls' fault, though, for not giving the ball to Zach Levine because uh, DeRosa just took a bad shot. But, no, yeah, I totally agree. What about you, Reg? Mm. Um, I I actually am quite surprised by the Raptors as well, and I just wanted to mention them real quick because I, I have no clue who's going to be Rookie of the Year, and it's hard to tell right at the beginning of the season because – some rookies pop off real early and then they fizzle. But I, I mean, at this point, I'm kind of agreeing with you at this with Scotty Barnes, because I think Scotty Barnes is legit and he's scoring at a high level and guiding the offense without even hitting a three point shot. So it's kind of it's kind of yeah. cool to see that. Um, but to kind of veer away from the Raptors, since we already touched on them, I I still think that the Sacramento Kings are onto something. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I And they've lost two games. But they lost to the Jazz and the Warriors. Like, and probably beat, like the two hottest teams in the league at the time. Right. The yeah. one, at least two of the hottest teams. And they beat Portland in Portland. And they beat Phoenix in Phoenix. And then they beat the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, are they're still kind of figuring things out at the beginning of the season. But they won on the road there, too. And um, in their two losses, they lost to the Jazz by nine. And they lost to the Warriors by 12. So they weren't complete blowouts. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's and, kind of funny that they've only lost at home. But uh, that being said, <laughs> I think the reason Classic. why I want to bring them up is because their players are playing at a very high level right now. You've got Barnes, who's hitting on all cylinders. And then you have Heald, who's always just money from three. He's he's one of those types of players where sometimes you guard him as good as you can. He's going to get that shot over you and there's a good chance it's going in. And then yeah. Fox finally has been putting putting together some decent runs as well. He was the highest, highest scorer against the Pelicans, and he's been putting in the assists. So I think those three guys 
right there. And then you add Halliburton, who's also nice, nice to be there to help. And Holmes is a great center. So you've got a great starting lineup. You've got a great crew that's going out there and playing. And it's early. The Kings managed to do Kings things, but I still see them possibly making a surprise. Yeah. I mean, aren't mm. they one of the teams that has like one of the longest streaks without a playoff perform or a playoff appearance? I think they tied the yeah, record. I think, um, yeah. I think they're the longest right something now. Like, I think, something mm-hmm. like eight years, I think. I, th- I think it's been longer. I think it's been it, longer it wasn't since that. DeMarcus yeah. Cousins, right? DeMarcus Cousins never made the playoffs. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I think it might be. I never made the playoffs with the Kings. I, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Seattle Supersonics has won a playoff series more recently than this uh sacramento oh my god that wouldn't surprise me that wouldn't surprise me (laughs) but uh no i i want to i want to touch on that as well Riker. i'm i totally agree with you i i i really wanted to always throw luke walton under the bus but (laughs) he figured it out man and i i'm almost like really glad that the kings have like let luke walton stay and let him figure it out because like you know He's a good coach, and I, and I think maybe he got a really bad rap, but I think it's also important to note that he went to Sacramento. It's not that Sacramento was, like, incredible when he went there, right? Yeah. right. They were a rebuilding team, um, a lottery team uh, most of the time, and they just couldn't figure things uh, out. But now when they actually have some, like, incredible pieces um, and they didn't trade for Buddy Heald... Uh, I think that's a I think that's a big deal. So yeah, I or sorry, didn't trade Buddy Hill, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what Sacramento's going to do this season. They're yeah. easily I mean, one of one of my favorite teams to watch right now. Yeah, you see you see Fox signing a high dollar extension with them too, and that dude could start almost on any team in the NBA, in my opinion. So I think mm-hmm. that goes to show that the front office they they do see have faith, have some faith in the front office, and they. I would have fired Luke Walton well before now, but it's, it yeah. seems that so far this season it hasn't been a bad thing. So we'll see. And, and to get Davion yeah. Mitchell as your draft pick, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, he's Huge. so good. You, like you get that guy like firing offensively too, it's over, man. That's gonna easily going to be yeah. one of the best two way players. Like I even see a little bit of like Lou Dort in him in just his lockdown capability and clutch. Yeah. I don't want to play the what if game too much, but I can't. Every time I think about the Sacramento Kings, I can't help but think what they'd look like had they picked Luka, Luka Doncic over Marvin Bagley. Like, Bagley. I don't, I don't want to dwell on this too much because it, it doesn't yeah. help much. But oh, man, but still, like, yeah. even with that whole like Marvin Bagley fiasco and them like the front office having to tell him like we're not playing you, and then have them to start this well and play so cohesively is a really big surprise to me, and yeah. I'm sure nice and. Sacramento fans deserve it. Let's be were they, real. Were they in the they same do. draft? Yep. Yeah. Marvin Bagley went second. Second, and then and I think Aiden was, first, right? yeah. Aiden was Aiden, first, right? Aiden was first. Aiden was first. Bagley was second, and then and then Trey was fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so okay. well, whatever. Yeah. Atlanta yeah. trade. Yeah. Atlanta drafted okay. Luca. Traded him to Dallas. Yeah. That's right. Dallas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. that's nuts. <laughs> that's great. I um uh, no I oh man just a lot of really good teams um really exciting teams and just all in all a really exciting NBA where a lot of these overrated teams that everybody talked about nonstop throughout the off season mm-hmm. 
disappeared. And yeah. I, this is a topic that I kind of wanted to talk about uh, as well. And just the whole, uh, we've seen two particular teams with two particular players really struggle so far in the season who use the strategy of, you know, trying to obtain fouls. And that's James Harden and Trey Young. And True. I, I've been watching games and, you know, as a Utah Jazz fan, I strongly dislike James Harden, and that's mostly because he gave it to us. Putting it lightly, pretty hard. Yeah, um, really heavily dislike that guy, but he—I can't deny the amount of talent that he has. And I've been watching a lot of these games, and I'm—I'm I'm pretty confused uh, at somehow some of these calls are not going through. Um, and I, again, I don't like James. But there, there are some really questionable like decisions that I'm that I'm seeing that it's inconsistent uh, with James Harden and Trey Young, where it's more like easily done to maybe players who don't typically play that style. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess my response to that would be, I, I think one of the best arguments for this like real change and why I personally think it's a good real change is I, as a viewer, would rather have some fouls be missed and hear like inconsistencies here and there than every like touch foul being called. Yeah. And the last year was like in a, was a historical offensive year, like offensive ratings league wide was off the charts. And I think that was because of the amount of fouls being called. And it was this big problem with the NBA where like the last two or three minutes could last like half an hour because of all the reviews and all these fouls and foul shots and timeouts and, yeah. The it's made the game more enjoyable and I think more competitive. Yeah, and it, my it, it, Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, so so the my point on this one as well, kind of building on that, is the NBA always has points of emphasis at the end as far as their officials go. And this is definitely like their main point of emphasis. And it's just going off of what Carson was saying, is like dudes are getting to the line for no reason last season. And mm-hmm. I mean you watch it as a fan of your team and it happens to yours like against your team and it's frustrating and you're sitting here watching and then you get the reviews too and then they're sitting there reviewing if it's a foul or not for 15 minutes so what i'm seeing here is trey young james harden they're used to shooting these low percentage shots because it's not going to go towards their percentage because they're going to get called a foul and they're going to go to the line now to that point if you watch some of these fouls yeah they're letting them go they're definitely letting them go. And that's because it's a point of emphasis. So as the season goes on, they're going to get a little more used to this. And I think these calls will start to find themselves in the middle. I hope they just don't go back to what they used to be. This yeah. is kind of how it always goes with point of emphasis, though. So I, my prediction is, you know, season goes on. Trey Young's going to stop trying to jump backwards into someone while he's taking a fadeaway. And then James Harden's just going to have to figure out that, hey, I have a decent shot without trying to get to the free throw line. And the refs are going to be like, okay, yeah, that is definitely a foul. I should definitely call that. And it'll even out. That is my prediction. So yeah. I, I think they'll be fine. I Trey Young's still getting 22 points a game without it. And he's still playing pretty decent efficiency rating. So, I mean, they'll figure it out. Yeah. And James Harden, like, like James Harden, he's the guy that trademarked the step back three. Like, he yeah. had, like, outside, like, let's just forget his fouls for a second. He has innovated the game offensively. Like, there's no argument there. And to, like, I guess I just disagree with the sentiment that his struggles are solely because of the fouls. I, like, tr- that was is 100% part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I can't remember if we talked about it here or if it was one of my friends that I was talking with. But 
James Harden has a type of body where he like even as an athlete, he has to like be careful because he can. He, he's kind of like mm-hmm. Zion Williamson, where he's like yeah. if he's he's got to be very careful. And I think yeah. he just hasn't been himself. Like, and it's kind of on him. And there's going to be like probably an adjustment period for him to realize, okay, what can I get away with? What can't I get away with? Yeah. And I think he'll be fine. It's just these growing pains right now for yeah. him. It feels like he's playing really frustrated. And I, and I know Trey Young also mentioned that he, he doesn't even feel like safe, like trying to be athletic in the paint and try to finish because he doesn't feel like it's going to be safe for him, right? Yeah. I mean, truth of the matter is, Trey Young is really small. Right. So it's like a lot of times for him to get rocked by someone, uh, you know, it's just free free throws for him. And now, like, that's not super the case anymore. So he like he's going to have to stay out a lot more. Now, it is nice having Clint Capella and John Collins down there. um, But I just feel like that kind of limits his game because that's something that he really depended on. Just like and I mean, for James, like it's so much easier to shoot free throws than to actually be athletic, uh, especially at. His yeah. body, his body type. So, and I, I agree about Trey. I the there's so many players with his same play style that are aggressive to the hoop. They'll body someone up. They'll go right into the face of the defense and try to go around them, trying to get a layup and whatnot. And they don't go for the foul, and they're fine. They stay healthy. And Trey Young, yeah, he's not big. He's just gonna have to adjust. Like, yeah. the, it's not like the dude's incapable of making a hard cut. He's not. He's capable of making these jumps into a defender. You know what I mean. And so the fact that he's coming out, I don't feel safe. It's like, okay, Trey, there are seven foot one dudes in the NBA. Do you want them to not play against you to feel safe in the NBA? Because it's just not the way it works. It's not going to work that way. He's going to have to get used to it. It's not fair. And I do think it's funny that both James Hard. I think both James Harden and Trey Young have said that they feel like the world change has because has happened because of them. And yeah, it has. Like it has. It made, <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I'm a Jazz fan. I dislike Harden, but I don't dislike Trey Young all that much. Like, no, it, if you looked either. at that Knicks series, so many of his clutch moments had nothing to do with free throws. He's yeah, clearly absolutely. very, very talented, and he's a good yeah. playmaker, especially playing with, like, Clint Compella. Like, getting into the lane instead of looking for a foul, lob it to Clint. Or, like, he's yeah. clearly, he didn't make it to the NBA because he's a good free throw shooter. No one does that. Yeah. Nope. I'm sure there are boring. someone out there that can shoot 95% from the free throw line, but can't do anything else. Right. Like yeah. you don't make it to the NBA because you can get to the line. For you sure. make it to the NBA yeah. because you have other skills totally. and Trey young has the potential. He has tons of skills. The dude's yeah. a talented guy. Mm-hmm. He's great. And uh, his shoes actually look really, really clean. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> Feel that yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's really nice. And I think we want to go ahead and transition to, uh, this week's picks for the noted MVP. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and start it off with Riker. Who, who's your noted MVP for the week? And uh, maybe... Wait, I guess I should probably explain again, since this is like a new thing, what the noted MVP is. A very underrated player, maybe not getting all of the attention of the media, who definitely deserves some daps and some respect. And that's who we're going to talk about. So, yeah. sorry, Riker. Not necessarily the yeah. best person, like the best player in the last week, but right, the right. one that's hasn't, you know, gotten the attention okay. that they deserve. Yeah. I'll go back in. Thank you, Carson. Ja Morant is my pick for the no. Yeah. Well, I don't. I can't say enough good about this dude. Like, and his three point shot is still coming along. He doesn't. 
the dude scores at will. Like, he's just so good. And I don't think I really need to say much. Like, they didn't really have that great of a week as far as their record goes. Yeah. And I think that's due to a lot of pieces that are coming in. I still think they have a great squad that they'll be able to go. Everyone's just kind of figuring it out. But John Morant is better than he was last season already. And I'll just and say that's, it. And that's I have no crazy. problem saying that. It's That's not. Crazy. The dude he put is in the work nuts. this offseason, you can tell. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The dude's the dude's a maniac. And he's uh, he's right there. Yeah. Right and there before I, being a superstar. I think I'm gonna say this as well. Um if Dylan Brooks was healthy, are the oh, Grizzlies yeah. are the Grizzlies undefeated? Did you see uh, the end of that Warriors no, game? I think they won another one. Did you guys did you guys watch the end of that Warriors game? I didn't get to watch it. No, it I was I was I was so impressed. Like this this Grizzlies team, mm. while they might not have like other than Jaw, they might not have like the superstar talent. They play so well as a group. Even mm-hmm. like Steven yeah. Adams, who's playing like twenty something minutes a game, like he just fits so mm-hmm. well with them. And I was really impressed with their defense. They were really taking it to Steph in the in the end of the fourth and in overtime. I think it went to overtime, and uh, Kyle Anderson had like a clutch block, and um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was doing some things like, yeah. I think even more than John Morant, they're playing so like collectively and cohesive as a group, and it's really they're just so fun to watch. You credit them too because they had to fight back. They were down mm-hmm. big. And they had to fight back to get that dub. And they got it in overtime. And that's not easy to do against Steph Curry. I'm and sorry. they beat them in, overtime, in San Francisco. Right. If for me, in overtime, I'm almost taking Steph Curry every time. Yeah. So Steph Curry didn't make a three. One. Steph Curry did not hit a three in the fourth quarter or overtime. And they were oh playing like... That's wild. He would like. He, granted, he had some shots that just he just missed, but they were like <clears throat> making sure he was having like as hard of a time as he could. Covering him. Yeah. It's awesome. Credit to Grizz. Yeah, I mean, you got Melton, who's developing really well after his really successful rookie year, um, and even I think he's the one who's playing in place of Dylan Brooks right now. So I imagine mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, you know, starts, and then you got Melton off the bench. Um, that's really scary. Uh, Jaron has been say pretty one more... quiet, uh, is yeah. something that I've noticed as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to give. I just want to say one more thing about Ja. He is like top five in the league in paint scoring right now. Like there's four centers. Oh. It's like Joel Embiid, <laughs> Nikola Jokic, maybe Rudy Gobert. And then it's like Ja Morant. That dude, dude. like he can get anywhere on the court that he wants to right now. And now he's like, I've seen him go into the paint and he's, and he's like, one or two guys are on him and then he now he's like making the pass yep and he's he's just he's doing everything i'm so impressed he's so good i i can't say enough good about john morant right now no and not not to mention that i think one of some of the things that we were really impressed uh by with like russell westbrook when he was younger is just his athleticism and i think john morant is just it's like someone who's more athletic than russell westbrook and that's crazy to think about and he's like not big either like he's Mm. a pretty small guy like imagine if we put some muscles on john morant gain some weight this guy would be insane uh he's a seventh in the league in player efficiency rating at a 29 that's crazy uh seventh and we're in a league with dame lillard lebron james kevin durant and he is seventh and this is what his third year 
Yep. The funny Nuts. thing is, the the book on him when he came into the league was like he'd be a volume scorer. Scorer. He might be inefficient, but he'll put up like numbers. Yeah. And it's like no, he's become no. like he's scoring in the paint. Like a guard that can score in the paint at will as much as he mm-hmm. can is insanely valuable. Yeah. Because it not only puts up efficient shots, it opens up everything else. Yeah. Well, and it's, he's consistent at it, and that's his. That's the reason why he's able to make the jump. Is like. There's a ton of players that earlier in their career could do the same thing that Jaws doing. And I mean, you even look at Donovan Mitchell, his rookie year, he was way better at scoring around the hoop than he is now. Mm-hmm. But that's because he had to change his game because he's worried about Jaw. He does not care, dude. His athleticism, he's like, I'm going to let my athleticism take over. I'm going to get these shots. I don't care who's in front of me. I'm going to try it. And he, yeah, and he gets them. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, and just as a little, little titch uh, of information, uh, right now, and I mean, yes, it is early. Uh, John Morant is shooting a, a point a fifty-two percent field goal percentage. Um, That's wild. He's and this is one of the things that I really like. He's thirty-eight, thirty-eight uh, percent on three-point percentage, which in the That's previous uh, two years, um, he has been uh, just floating around thirty percent. So that's a that's a pretty big jump. Uh, another notable thing is his free throw percentage uh, right now is at an 84%. Uh, for someone who's not known as like a shooter, uh, it's pretty solid uh, right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely agree. That's a great pick, Reich. Uh, thanks, thanks for your takes, man. <laughs> nice. Uh, what about you, Carson? Okay, so I had two, two different people I, I struggled, but I, I will pick one, and it is R.J. Barrett. I'm really impressed with R.J. Barrett. We talked about the Knicks a little bit earlier um, with their strong start. And last year, it was like the Julius Randle show, yeah. right? And Because he was having this great season. And he's still playing well. But this week, he, he's put up 35 and 20 on pretty good a, efficiency. That was his uh, career best, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I think so. I could be wrong. I, I, but think, I'm pretty it was, sure right. I think I heard it was his career best. Yeah. Yeah, and he's shooting 37% from three, which is not as good as the last couple of years, but it's still good. Like, no. it, he's, it seems like to me, maybe it's just like a week of good games, but I think a big thing for the Knicks, and oh, also I forgot to mention, he's been really great defensively. Okay. He's really like stepped that up. And to with as high expectations as they had for him coming into the league, and he kind of wasn't as great for, for the first few years, if he can be that second guy for the Knicks next to Julius Randle, that's huge. And I just really wanted to highlight him because he's been a big part of their success. He's a stud, for sure. Uh, are, are we, I guess, out of who's the second option on the Knicks? Um, would it be Barrett? Good question. Uh, I think that's a big. Got to be Barrett, right? Well, it depends. It's on the court, dude. Right? Yeah, there's, there's, because like, there's a, the there's thing. a case for D Rose or there's a case for Kemba. Yeah, Kemba. Yeah. There's a case. There's a case for freaking Alec Burks, dude. That's <laughs> like, true. Oh, that guy. I love on, Alec Burks. It just Burks. depends on love the game. Like that's that's the thing yeah. about uh, about the Knicks is there's and the, I think that kind of goes to show with Barrett is he's had great games where he's been the reason they win, and then he yeah. has great games, but he's not the reason they win. Yeah. So it's just anybody on the Knicks can really take over. And I think even Evan Fournier sometimes can be that guy too. Like yeah. he's kind of yet to find that consistency with the Knicks, but 
I don't think it's it's past him. They they have a lot of options for number two. I th- I mean I think out of anybody that I think about on that Knicks team, the one who consistently would be better at that second option, it, in my opinion, would either be Derrick Rose because he's like six man of the year candidate, obviously, um, mm-hmm. and or RJ Barrett. But I think RJ Barrett, especially with how young he is, um, I think he's definitely in that. So definitely agree. Yeah, he he will be if not number one. Hopefully, that's yeah big hope. Yeah, but yeah, he's definitely he can develop that way. Which, which for for that to be your second option, someone you drafted and developed, pretty cool. Uh, imagine yeah, what right. they can do with Obi Toppin in a couple of years. So, yeah. so that's pretty cool. Pretty uh, cool for, for me. Um, my uh, noted MVP again, Harrison Barnes. Um, I'm sorry. I I don't know if you guys don't watched apologize. The, don't apologize. I don't know if you guys watched the Suns game. Uh, I did with Sacramento, oh, yeah. but it, it just it reminded Unreal. me who was it again? I think it was was it Toronto last year where he did the exact same thing. There was like seconds left, and he just did a catch and shoot three pointer, boom, and just Dunsky, just done. Like clutch uh, is is Harrison Barnes one of the most clutch players right now? I mean, he's hitting a twenty five points per game, fifty two percent, almost fifty three percent from three. 52% field goal percentage, 82% uh, free throws, and averaging 10.4 rebounds. Yeah. Um, I just want to again stress, Harrison Barnes was not this before, and no. it is so cool just to see. And I think this has been a huge uh, reason why Sacramento has been incredible is because uh, he's playing. Harrison Barnes is playing like a star player right now. He's also top 25 in player efficiency, which should be noted. He, yeah. He's playing at a very efficient level. Yeah, I like it's that so, word that you used. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so important for a team like the Kings where they're so young and they have so much young talent to have this yeah. veteran come out and f- just to lead the team. Like It's not like he's old. He's like yeah. entering he he's he's entering what's supposed to be his prime. So what yeah. he's doing is what he should be doing right now, which is I guess by awesome. veteran I meant it's like his tenth season, right? Yeah, that's and been he is one the of the old, he is one of the older ones on the team, and that, so that's what I'm just saying. I'm just kind of yeah. pointing that out. Like it's not like he's old. Like this team has yeah 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 for sure. I I think, but I mean, in comparison to what he's been doing in the past couple of years with Sacramento, like I could even see like potential most improved player uh, this season. If yeah, he keeps it, for this, sure. he keeps it he up, keeps it up. Absolutely. And especially getting, yeah, if, imagine getting Sacramento to the playoffs this season. Like I would think it would be really hard yeah. to make a case for him not to be most improved. So yeah, uh, if they make I'm the playoffs, big, big. he has to be in the conversation <laughs> for sure. Right. But, uh, right. yeah, really, really solid takes. Um, I, I'm really excited for the season. Uh, just mm-hmm. already looking it up. So many teams that I dislike are just not doing great, and so many teams that I like are. So it's it is uh it's really exciting. Um, I think these rule changes as well, making uh, pace a lot quicker, making it a more physical game. Uh, I don't think it'll ever be as physical as it was like back in the you know eighties, nineties, eighties and nineties, because um, that was exciting basketball. Uh, but it is. I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction for the NBA, um, and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, obviously, officiating will always be officiating, but yep. for the most part, <laughs> it's uh, it's really exciting to see. And 
uh, e- even like as a jazz fan losing to the bulls yesterday like i was just in, in utter respect to just see zach levine uh mm-hmm. and what he's become and demar Derozan finally being in a team where he can really compete and that's just super refreshing that's one of the points that I think yeah. has made the NBA so fun this season is that to me, there's only three bad teams. And even those, like those three for me are like the Thunder, Pistons, and Rockets. And even those teams, like they have, they can get a team on it, like on a night. Yeah. Like every other team, there's yeah. no like for sure, like wins. You you go into Sacramento and you don't, now you don't expect to win. Or you don't go That's into true. Chicago now and expect to win. That's like, true. Or Minnesota, you don't go into Minnesota like you have you have to charts. be playing so good, and yeah. it's it's making for such competitive basketball, and it's so fun to watch. It for is, sure. I agree. Well, um, well, this is going to be a continuously good day. Uh, the Utah Jazz got the Bucks uh, in Milwaukee, uh, which I think is going to be a solid game coming off of a loss uh, to Spooky San Antonio. Game um so playing for some papers and keeps and we're gonna be having mike conley on the court so very excited for that it's gonna i think this is gonna be an awesome game to watch today but uh we're so thankful for you guys uh you know watching again follow us on twitter uh at the noted podcast or on instagram and tiktok at uh, nba underscore the noted podcast or noted podcast not 100 percent sure it's in the link tree uh and if you're on youtube it's in the link description below but we're so grateful to have you guys here and for you to listen to us and uh uh yeah keep it uh keep it noted (laughs) 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 all right take care guys good night